A Woman's View with Amanda Dixon. A look at the news here at home and around the world, all from the perspective of women. Now, Amanda Dixon on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to A Woman's View here on KSL News Radio. What a treat I have for you this week. Two of my favorite people are here. Gainalyn Conde joins me, popular speaker, host, author, and mental health advocate. How are you, Gainalyn? So good to be back with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and to my friend Heather Barney, longtime government and communications director, now businesswoman. How are you, Heather? I'm great. It's nice to be here. So good to see you as well. There are a number of things I want to talk about with you this week. I think I'll start with, if it's all right with you, this interesting article that I read in the Deseret News. This is Lois Collins's article about how are Utah's women and girls faring? And this is a report well, a couple of different reports, one from the Utah Women in Leadership Project, one from U.S. News and World Report that said that Utah was the best state overall for volunteerism and charity and a number of other things. But Dr. Susan Matson and her team, they do a deeper dive on where, how are the women doing? How are we doing? And are we in leadership roles in, in nonprofits? Yes. In business, not as much. More of us are getting into politics, but we still are the ninth worst state in the nation for rape and sexual assault. So violence against women is still an issue. Gainalyn, can I start with you? What do you think when you look at this report? Yeah, as a mom of a 20-year-old daughter that I just adore, and she gives me great hope for the future. So it's concerning to me, especially the violence. I think statistically speaking, we as women, this article kind of brought this to home. We have a lot of single moms that are dealing with poverty and issues of that nature. But I would just say, as we have different conversations as three of us, as women ahead of these younger women ahead of the trail, I hope we're having conversations around consent and body autonomy and doing it in a way that keeps the conversations going. I think the Barbie movie this last summer started a lot of conversations with the men in my life. And I really was hopeful about that. And it was interesting. These are men that want to understand issues for women, but you could tell this movie gave them a perspective they hadn't considered. And I know the movie was polarizing for a lot of people, but I just think it was an insight that maybe the men in our lives aren't having the questions that would help us as women make different policy choices, show up differently in the workplace. And so I think that's where we need to start, where we have conversations between men and women and invite the men in our lives to get curious with us because the Barbie movie showed me that they really had a totally different lens and they wanted to understand, but they didn't understand why women were responding in the ways that they were. That's maybe a random take on this article, but those were some of my thoughts as I read it. You know, as you were talking, it reminded me, and Heather, you probably remember this, uh, you know, our generation, we had a book, what, 15, 20 years ago now, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Remember yeah. that book? That was the thing a couple of decades ago, but I don't know, maybe we've evolved past that now. And it's not just acknowledging our differences, it's what Gainalyn said, Heather, it's it's speaking to each other from the time we're young. Oh, absolutely, I think, I think that's part of it. Instead of women just screaming and yelling about how 
marginalized we are or, you know, put upon. That's what I've had a problem with is I think people start tuning us out. I think you go to work, you do your best and you and you start talking facts and real, you know, conversation and dialogue. When I read the report, a couple of things, you know, stuck out to me. I, th- I thought there was some good nuggets in there. For women and I also thought that there were some areas of course of concern and areas that should cause some some movement you would hope or some urgency and one was the sexual violence and being the ninth in the nation is is absolutely not a worthy position we would ever want to be in but also looking at child care and poverty and there's so many issues that go into it you know I remember as a young working mom the hardest thing for me and in on the planet was childcare. It was gut wrenching and it was trying to decide who I was going to trust my children with. And then when you look at how much of your paycheck would go to childcare, you have to decide, is it worth still working? But then, you know, if you have a career that you enjoy, you want to do it or, uh, you know, in, in many cases, it's a, it's a necessity for women, for both partners to work. And so I think that there are some very interesting facts in the, in the article, and I would hope that people like legislators and, and, you know, executive branch and so forth would look at it, and I think there's been good movement, but, um, you know, I was thinking there's got to be some incentives maybe for business, because the fact of the matter is, look at how many women work in Utah now, or both mm-hmm. both partners, so there needs to be more of an urgency to look at some of these um, these issues. And um, sexual violence is definitely one, and child care would be one, and the rate of poverty. And so many of women are not only working moms, they're single working moms. And they can't get out of this, you know, wheel that they're on because there's not a lot of movement there that needs to be happening, I believe. You know, I was talking with, uh, as you were speaking, it reminded me, I had a conversation with the Utah State Senator Luce Escamilla this week about an idea that they have for addressing the child care crisis because, you know, the market hasn't taken care of it. Often when you have an issue, a need in society, the market takes care of it, but it just hasn't here. The, it, the market makes it so expensive that women are leaving the workforce and we need them in the workforce. So Luce Escamilla said that they're actually talking on a state level about taking, they have buildings that are sitting empty. The state owns these buildings. They're paying for the upkeep of these buildings, but no one's in there for any purpose. So they're thinking about taking p- parts of these buildings around the state and using them as childcare facilities and making it an incentive for employers to contribute and making it available at lower prices, at affordable prices to people who are on the lower income side. And I thought, for heaven's sake, do something. And that sounds like a step in the right direction. I, I would agree. And I even wondered about some sort of tax cuts for child care. I like this idea that you just talked about that Senator Escamilla is thinking of that, you know, you have some very um, controlled child care places, centers that, you know, you know, are, are well run and so forth. I mean, the peace of mind that that could create mm-hmm. would be immeasurable, I think. I have to take a break. I want to get your thoughts on that, Gaynelin, when we come back as well. My guest, Gaynelin Condi and Heather Barney, back in just a moment. <laughs> 